Greetings and welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I am still your host, Pete Lorimer, former hit record producer and host of the show Stay Here on Netflix and owner of LA's most creative boutique real estate firm, PLG Estates. On the podcast, you will always find business and real estate strategies, marketing techniques, and tips for the entrepreneur. So hit the big, fat, furry, fluffy subscribe button. And in most sincerity, feel free to send this to someone else that you think might get value from it. podcast, I am honored once again to turn the mic around and have a guest with us that is not only a multiple TED Talk speaker, a Forbes and CNN contributor, but also a leading voice on futurism and a successful author of several books, including The Internet of Things and The Future of Innovation. My goodness. Ian and I chatted about how to apply technology to our business and how tech is often seen as the solution but it's really a tool to help us access what we innately possess. Ian definitely dropped many knowledge bombs, so I encourage you to dive into this week's deliciously frothy episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur. Okay, greetings everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am terribly, terribly, terribly excited to have, I say this with love, Ian, so I hope I don't uh, raise your eyebrows. I have a fellow digital nerd with us today. I mean, this dude, don't even get me started because I can go down the rabbit hole with this stuff in two seconds. But Ian Kahn, who is a predominant in his field, you know you have a great guest when you can't even get through the bio. I'm going to attempt to just give you a little bit of it. Ian is a Forbes contributor, featured technology futurist, best title ever on CNN. Ian is a highly sought after emerging technology export, three times TEDx speaker and author. Ian has impacted over 5,000 organizations in his career of 20 years to help organizations understand emerging technology and the steps that they can take to create limitless value. Ian is also the author of eight books. Some of these include Cloud Wars, The Internet of Things, which I love, A Concise Introduction, the Internet of Things, and the Future of Innovation, and a million other things. Now, it goes on and on and on. This dude, he's the real deal, right? If you are looking, a lot of my guys listen to and watch this podcast because they like to look around corners to see what's coming, and people think I can do that. Ian makes me pale in comparison. Ian has a pulse on what's coming and also how we got there, and I really, really want to dive into this In a brief synopsis, could you kind of encapsulate how we ended up here today on the podcast? Peter, I am such a big fan, first of all, and I thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And you're you're a very humble man, I should say. You're very, very humble. I love your podcast. Your content is amazing. Your topics have been amazing. And and you're a hurricane, man. Uh, You've done so much good work. So thank you for having me. I am indebted for the opportunity. How did we get here? You know, it's the crossroads. It's what is meant to be. And it's my pleasure to be in front of your audiences today and and talk about a few things. Cannot talk about everything in 20 minutes, but maybe pick up a couple of things and 
I can share my perspective on what is there to come because I am the enemy of hype. This is my mission on planet Earth. Yes. Do not like hype. We need to be real. And I think there's far too much Hollywood out there. There's far too much things blown out of proportion about what will happen and how robots will enchain us and slave us. Man, we got to crush hype. We got to bring reality to the picture so that people who are out there trying to earn a decent, honest living have a family to support who are your listeners, my clients, and everybody out there. They deserve to know how to best succeed. For the two people in the world that might not know who you are, can you tell them your brief, I mean, because you have such an extensive, wonderful, kind of mind-blowing history of what you've been involved in, in kind of like 30 seconds, what inspired you to become so passionate about technology? You know, when people always ask me, particularly about how did I end up on the stage? Because I do a lot of keynote speaking and it's related to what I do. And my answer to that is I remember being standing up in front of a classroom, in front of different people from as my earliest memory goes, from kindergarten. I'm used to standing up in front of people and talking about something, whether it was being punished in the classroom and I was really, really naughty or performing or, or sharing an idea or sharing a thought. And through my 20 years of my career, it has taken different shapes and forms. It has meandered through all the experiences that I've gone through. Technically, I'm an engineer. I, you know, I went to university. I studied really complex things, went through that process. Luckily, thank God, worked in the corporate world, worked in the oil and gas industry, got my hands dirty on a lot of different things, technology companies, SAP, Microsoft, worked in the ecosystems of those companies and really absorbed everything I could in the 20 years of my career. And one thing led to the other as an educator at heart, as a person who always wants to help other people, uh, this was just a calling that happened that I had to go out and deliver a message or help audiences and people understand the future as I did. Mm -hmm. And everything I do, my body of work is my perspective, right? Nobody has, I don't pressure people to listen to me. I don't pressure them into saying yes, Ian, you're right, but this is my perspective. And what is important for success is that we understand perspectives that are out there in the world. And that's what we do as influencers, as technologists, as futurists, is share our perspective. And so the last 20 years have been full of different opportunities, whether it's speaking at the TEDx stage, directing a documentary called that just came out, Uh, never directed a film, but it was the need of the hour to do something dramatic and, and pass on the message out there. And so here's what has made that happen for me is to put myself in an uncomfortable place every single time. And that's, I think, what has gotten me where I am today and the opportunity that I have today to share my perspective. Wow. You, you hit on so many key points. I want to kind of, I want to backtrack to, to something that you said right in the beginning, which is you are the, you are the nemesis of hype, which technology as you know as an expert and I know as an empathetic kind of lover of technology is one of the easiest things to hype because it's a lot of smoke and mirrors right you tell people you need to use this because it will make your life better and they'll use it without necessarily having measurable results in my industry there are companies that are basing their entire play on technology whereas I've always seen technology as a tool rather than as a replacement, almost as an ally 
rather than it will never become that the hand that holds the hammer, it will only become the hammer. And you have the understanding, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to dive into this now with Ian, because with us today, we actually have someone who knows what's coming, right? A lot of people pontificate about they know what's coming. This guy actually does. This guy is elbows deep in the internet of things. Now, if you don't know what the internet of things are, it's where technology speaks to it. Well, you can explain it better than I, Ian. So please go ahead and give us your insight. And I, as a as a fan, I'm, I'm, my ears are pricked up and I can't wait to hear what you got to say on this. Thanks, Peter. I, I think that the internet of things is about using internet technology and we know what the internet is, but to use it in a different way, not just in a browser, not just go to the computer and type something and find out what you know, what's happening, but to use it around our lives. So if you look at the Tesla car as an example, it's a really great example of the internet of things. And you might say, how is that possible? What is the connection? Well, the Tesla car, the last thing it is, is a car. And, you know, experts say that it's a computer that has a car built around it. It's so common (laughs) and nice to hear that. So what the internet has done for us in the last decade or so, it has moved away from a communication tool to being everywhere around us, to being in cars, in our homes, in our security systems, in our education industry, healthcare. Every industry is utilizing the internet, a communication technology now, to do different things. I'll give you a very simple example. I might go to Amazon.com today and order a smart toaster. And that toaster might be able to give me a nice toast I can switch it on remotely with my app. And you would say, why do you need a toaster that you can switch on with your app? Toaster might be a very small thing, but it's an example of remotely being able to control something, to get an output, to do a task remotely, and you don't have to be there. And that's the Internet of Things. Now, the power of the Internet of Things goes beyond a toaster in your home. Refineries work on the Internet of Things. Large companies, manufacturing companies work on the Internet of Things because it's helping remotely control machinery. It's helping derive data out of equipment, out of buildings, out of sensors. It's a limitless uh, potential technology, the Internet of Things, and you're going to see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, Peter, if you close your eyes and you think about all the technology-related things around you, you'll at least find 5, 10, 15, 20 different things that are Internet-controlled from your app, from a computer, and now you can do different things. And that's what it's all about. It's Mm -hmm. about automation, and it's about making our lives more efficient, productive, so that we can do better things and more things. So there is, with the technological shift between, it seems that we have leapt almost as much as we did in 100 years in the 20th century, in the past decade, we've leapt the same amount again with technology in only 10 years. And fortunately for guys like you and I, now, this is a blessing and a curse. When one is an entrepreneur, the most entrepreneurs I've ever encountered, we are chronic optimists. There is something about us, we just tend to be like, you know, everything is going to work out and and we're going to figure it out. However, and that doesn't make us better or worse, there's a lot of folks in my industry that are worried about technology, about being replaced and about losing their jobs And my belief structure is that will never happen as long as you know what your unique value proposition is. So how is the world going to remain 
sustainable with jobs and vocations if, in fact, what some people believe Skynet is going to be taking over the world? I, I don't believe it, but I want to address that question because I know that's some people's concern. That's a great question. And you've said the right thing that, you know, we tend to be a bit optimistic because I really believe that the world lives on hope. We have to be optimistic about tomorrow. Otherwise, we'll get depressed and we'll all be on pills, which is not a good thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let, let me be very brutal about this. And I say this to everybody when I speak to people that if you've stopped growing, if you've stopped adapting to change, then everything you see is a disruption. Everything you see is an enemy of the state that you're in right now. I hear a lot of people say, well, the robots are going to take over, the machines are going to take over, we'll lose our jobs and our industries will change. Well, because you have stopped adopting to change and you, for some reason, not you, Peter, but people in general, have started thinking that this is it. Remember that change is a constant. The only thing mm -hmm. in the world that's constant is change. And unless you adapt to change, life is going to be very difficult. Now, undoubtedly, technology is changing things really, really rapidly. And I guarantee you that if you stop on, if you, if you stay on top of change, if you adapt to the new principles of this digitally powered world, if you learn the systems, the processes, the, the, the things that you need to do in order to successfully be part of this new digital era, you will be successful. You'll be far ahead of the game. And I see this with successful entrepreneurs, real estate agents, technologists, Name it, doctors. I have a friend who's a doctor, he's a surgeon, and he's the world's most watched technology surgeon because his surgeries are through an Oculus Rift or a virtual reality. And that's the guy who's out there adopting to change. And so we have to make change a friend and just say this to ourselves every single morning that today I will learn something new and do something new and watch your life change. What do you think? About that? Powerful, powerful words. I can hear a lot of my audience nodding and saying to themselves, where do I begin? Because there is so much technology. So I'm wondering, because there's an awful lot of technology, it's like going in a candy store. There's some great candy and there's some crappy candy and there's some candy in the middle that's awesome, but really not useful. So you as a technologist and, and as a futurist, when you are evaluating products, do you have any kind of rules so that you don't get overly distracted with the new shiny toy? Is there a, do you have a process where you go, I'm going to experiment for three days with this app or with this software, and if I don't get something from it, I'm going to move on to something else? Do you, do you have so a process? So the process essentially is identifying a need. I never evaluate products or technologies or apps when they're not relevant to me. I have to find things that are very relevant to me, and it's a lot of things, actually, because I do so many different things. So I might be testing out, uh, let's say, a software or a technology that helps me video edit, as an example. And I, I might be looking at something that can help me build a distributed app on blockchain because I'm studying blockchain and I'm reading about mm -hmm. it. So it's very different things from my perspective. However, having said that, I think we need to be curious. We need to start learning. And every single day, we need to have some kind of formal education because, trust me, what we studied at school 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago, it's not very relevant right now because the world is changing really, really fast. Let me ask your audience a question. How many of them are today registered on a course, a free course on Coursera, edX, Open University, 
learning about Internet of Things, learning about how it changes their industry, how it disrupts things. I don't know, probably less than 1%. Oh, that breaks my heart. Because that we breaks have my heart. stopped learning. We just think that if we're going to watch a TV show, we'll do some entertainment, go out with friends, life will be easy. But no, we've got to formally start learning more things. And people who are ahead of the curve are doing that. They're doing multiple things, even though not 100% of that goes in their mind, but at least some portion of it does. You have to overwhelm yourself learning new things and, and experimenting and failing. You know, that's an entire new chapter of failure, as you can tell me as well, is how life is full of failures and how success is right after the corner when you fail. You know, I look at failure as stepping stones in a huge river that get me to the other side. I just won't get to the other side of the river without the stepping stones of failure. And then you get to the other bank and they're like, well, that was easy. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was decades of failure. afraid are we of failure? We're very afraid of being judged, being uh, told that, hey, you failed. You're no good. And I think the game is all up here in our minds. It's, it's really, you've got to take a step back every single day, reboot, calibrate yourself for every day rather than have a preconceived notion of who you are and how amazing you are or how good or bad you are. Trust me, in this era that's moving so fast, technology, let's go back to technology. Technology is changing our lives so fast. And I work a lot within the real estate industry, helping real estate agents, brokerages understand tomorrow. We have to reset our button every single day, power ourselves up every single day and, and be in tune, you know, plug in yeah, to this agreed. world that we can learn from. Agreed. You said one, it was a fleeting sentence that you said, but it is so powerful. So I want to recap it. Well, there are, you said many things that are powerful, but I want to recap this one. In my industry, and in lots of industries, there is a lot of technology presented and people feel like they need to know it. You said something crucial, which is you find what you need first and then fill that hole with technology. Rather than trying to harness every single app that comes out, you're like, okay, I want to look at video editing, so I'm going to look at video editing software rather than, oh, this does open houses. This gives me the ROI. This gives me this and this, and then, then it becomes overwhelming. The other thing, ladies and gentlemen, I was not like you. I, I bailed out of school, which I don't recommend, but I, I left school at 15. But one thing I do do every single day, and people are like, well, where do I jump off? You know, YouTube is the greatest university on the planet. TED Talks, which of course you are a member of, is one of the greatest universities on the planet. And then also things like Masterclass, where you pay 150, 200 bucks to sit in a room with Martin Scorsese to figure out how he did movies. Come on! There can't be a better deal than that. And they had a special just this Black Friday that might still be on. Get it. Get it before it's, it's, it's over. And even if it is, Get into one of those master classes or, or more of them, you know, and absorb, be a sponge, be a sponge. Now, talking about the real estate industry, I work with a lot of agents who, who just don't know how to prioritize their time. They absolutely are a chaotic mess. It's a chronic <laughs> disease in the real estate industry, right? It you know, is. the 80-20, you know, 20% of the agents make up 80% of the revenue that the industry drives. Real estate agents have such a great opportunity today or brokerages have such a great opportunity to go and connect, engage in a different way. How many of you or your audiences are thinking about engagement in a different way? How many of them are still sending out newsletters without knowing 
who their audience is. Now today, and I say this as, as a big thing in my, in my seminars and masterclasses is this is the era where engagement has changed. And you've got to find all the different ways where your consumers, your customers, your clients want to be listened to or want, to, want you to reach out to them. They are on an app. How many of your real estate agents have an app of their own, right? right. How many of them have an app of, a, of their own that their clients can download? They can stay in touch with the industry and so on and so forth. So there's so many different ways of, of reaching out to your clients. And by far, we're ignoring a majority of them. That's how you use technology, apps with your knowledge and information, not sending them a newsletter about what you want, but what is relevant to them and how their lives can benefit, and how they can, uh, you can add more value to them. Uh, there's so many ways to do this, but it all starts with, again, absorbing what's happening in your industry. Take one thing at a time, master it, enable it, create a process around it for yourself, Enable that technology for yourself and then move on to the next one. No use doing a hundred things at, a, at the same time. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, case in point is this. I, I, when I first started doing video, I shot it on my iPhone and edited it in iMovie. That wasn't enough for me. So I sat in fr- and I have three children and 200 agents and four offices. We're all busy, busy people. But I sat for a, a few days and watched endless YouTube videos of how to edit on Final Cut. And then when Final Cut wasn't good enough for me and I wanted to go into Adobe Premiere, I sat and I educated myself on how to edit fluently with all the bells and whistles in Premiere. So what I would encourage every, anyone out there, you've given such great advice, which is don't try and do everything. Do one thing at a time. So, so maybe, listeners, take one piece of technology that's been baffling you and forget everything else and try and master it in the next 30 days. And if you find value from it in the next 30 days, keep it. And if you don't, move on to the next one. Speak to your friends. Speak to other agents. What are they using that they love? Create a list. You know, get check marks. 10 points from from all these guys on this CRM. 10 points on, you know, XYZ. You know, the information's out there. We just need to, we just need to embrace it. Now, how... This is a quick, this is actually a personal question for me. Number one, where do I sign up for one of your classes? Because I love everything you say. And number two, how can one use technology to harness what I think is the most powerful thing in business, which is our individuality? There is nothing like the personal touch. So how can I blend? And I don't even know if you can answer this, but how do I blend what's unique about me into technology without my clients feeling spammed. Okay, and uh, this totally lines up with what, with what I was just talk, saying about, about an app, and let me give you an example on that. So the biggest thing that a real estate agent can do for their clients is not find them a property or find them a house or real estate they can buy or when they can sell. I don't think that's the final outcome of what that relationship is no. all about. Mm-mm. You are more than a trusted friend. You're more than... Uh, somebody that your clients trust you with, you know, 100,000, 200,000, $5 million of theirs when they start putting that money out. And this relationship is not a small relationship. It goes on for years and years and years. How many times do you flip your real estate agent that does everything for you? You don't. You're, 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 you know, your agent is your agent for your life, typically. And it's all on the relationship. It's about the relationship. It's about how much value do you add to your clients. 
One of the things that you absolutely must do to add value is stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about that paycheck you can get from your client, but start thinking about how can I make the lives of my clients better, more efficient, more informed. Start thinking about giving more than receiving more and that receiving will happen. Do not worry about it. And so we're doing a step-by-step breakdown. Maybe you have commercial clients. Maybe you've got residential clients. What do they need to do in order to stay aware of the market? What are the investment choices they can make? What do they need is the biggest question you can ask. And then you break it down into how do I get that information to them, right? It's two parts. What do they need and how do I get it to them? You might have an email list, but remember this. Do not have a generic email list where you blast the same thing to everybody. Biggest mistake you can do is do that. 100%. Five things for residential clients, for commercial clients, for different lease clients. You've got to personalize. You should have three or four or five different types of newsletters to cater to the needs of your clients. Have a newsletter just for your investment clients, telling them about high ticket real estate, commercial real estate that they're interested in. So you've got to do some heavy lifting create a process, create a streamlined process yeah. and give clients what they need. So newsletters could be one. Uh, you can have an app. As I mentioned, an app, creating an app costs less than $10,000 today. And that's a really great investment because you're on your client's device every single day. You're giving them tips, information, knowledge, news, and, and so on and so forth that they really need to know right there, right then. And get them together create specific events, small gatherings, small forums, bring people from outside, people, people like you, Peter, to talk to your clients every half of the year or every year. There are unlimited opportunities to add value to your clients. Once you flip this thing about adding value and not just looking at that check, your life will change. Your, your real estate business will multiply a hundred times in the next few years if you start doing these things. Agree. The the phrase that I kind of I roll out at PLG all the time is your clients are way more valuable when they're not in a transaction than when they are or equally as valuable. Because what tends to happen is we reach out, we wait for the phone to ring. What I what I have made a policy of doing is I check in, I'll send my newsletters, I'll send my videos, I'll send my social media. But all of that really is just is a support system to the number one thing, which is the personal touch. I still reach out every single day to people, whether or not they're buying or selling, to check in, find out what's going on with their lives, see how the kids are, see if they're feeling better, you know, see how the roof's holding up after the repairs. And that, my friends, are the seeds of where the business comes from. Because it's very easy to wait for the phone to ring, but in my experience, waiting Never works. We have to be and you, proactive. And I think I just love to add that you genuinely have to care yes. about these things and not fake it. Genuinely care about your clients and magic will happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ian, I could talk to you for about another 10 hours. I feel like I've barely even scratched the surface. So I think I'm going to do this on record and say I'd love to have you as a guest again another time if you will put up with it. I didn't even get into TED Talks. I wanted to talk about what it was like walking out on the stage at TED Talks. Well, tell us that and then also tell us where people can find you and where they can sign up for stuff because you are just a, a bottomless pit of information. Peter, you're, you're, you're too kind. My website is iankhan.com, I-A-N-K-H-A-N.com and visit me and there's a few different 
places you can engage with me. So please take a look there. I know time is always short on, on podcasts and things like this, but I'd be more than happy of any, any future opportunities to maybe talk to your audiences on, you know, how to unlock the power of things like TED and how your, maybe your clients can be delivering a TED talk and why they should try to get a TED talk every single day, spend an hour trying to get that because of how much value that adds could add to their business. So we could definitely talk about that in the next podcast and maybe try and share some insights of these insider secrets that I can talk about how to end up on a stage in front of 10,000 people and change their lives. And, and this, is, this is a conversation we can always have. In the oh future. my God, you just leave it dangling there with the biggest cherry. I'm like, my God, I want to keep going. But I know you're busy and, you know, like that. But what I'll do is this is classic TV people. I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat for the next interview with Ian. Um, on a personal level, I'm very grateful for you and gentlemen and women like you who leave the footprints and don't follow. You go out into the world and conjure things out of thin air to make our lives better. And you've been involved with some of the most powerful companies and products we haven't even touched the surface here, but on a personal level, I want to thank you for being on, on my podcast. You've been awesome. And I will look forward to booking you again in the next few months because we need to have part two. Ian? My pleasure, Peter. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Last giveaway for your clients. Blockchain technology is always out there in the news. Go and watch my documentary for free. It's called Blockchain City. If you go to YouTube, type Blockchain City Movie watch that documentary. It'll help you understand the bigger shift that's happening in the world. It's not a technical film, but it's the first step in understanding what's out there. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Okay, that's about it for another episode. A big, big shout out to Ian Khan. Thank you so much, my old mate. We are going to get you back on the show. You were amazing. And what also is amazing is the comments keep coming in and our numbers are growing. So I really appreciate you loyal listeners. Feel free to tell other folks, get them to subscribe. But your comments, your thoughts, your messages are all really, truly, deeply appreciated. As is this, if you want to forward this content to someone else that you feel might get value from it, feel free. This is your old mate, Pete signing out from another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. Until another day, toodaloo.